You're listening to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast, episode number 37, productivity tips for wedding pros. Wedding pros, be honest with me for a second. How much have you accomplished today? And I'm not talking about Facebook or scrolling Instagram. I'm talking about honest to goodness work. On this week's episode, we are giving you our top tips for how to maximize your productivity, regain your sanity, and work smarter, not harder. Let's go, wedding rock stars. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you, wedding rock star, work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready, because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz podcast. This is Mindy Marzek, and I'm here with the lovely and talented Renee Dallow. Hi, Renee. Oh, thank you. Hi. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Good. We are... A couple weeks into the new year. Yes. And we are excited to spend the month of January talking about organizational systems, things like that. And today mm-hmm. we have a really juicy topic, something that I personally have talked about that I need a lot of help with. <laughs> <laughs> and that is productivity tips. Oh, yes. So I love that we're doing this in January, this sort of I'm calling it at least in my head, like this month of like getting down to the nitty gritty, like details of your business, because it's great to talk about like the high level stuff, you know, like branding Mm -hmm. and like mission statements and like who you are in the industry and your ideal client. But like, if you can't get through the day and be productive, we have a bigger problem. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And You know, we know that as a wedding professional, you do a lot of things. You're running around, you're going to venue visits, you're at weddings or events. And uh, so this particular episode, we're going to talk about the days or the chunks of time where you are at your desk and you need to get as much stuff done in the smallest amount of time possible. Uh, Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Min, because it's something that's been on my mind, uh, you know, on and off for a while. Do you think that productivity is something that can be um, like trained in you? Or do you think you're either a product, a productive person or a non-productive person? Like what's your feeling on like nature versus nurture there? I think that it's both, but I definitely feel like certain people with certain types of personalities, it comes easier than other people. Mm -hmm. I personally have uh, what's commonly referred to as shiny object syndrome. (laughs) And I cannot focus like I just really have a tough time focusing. So I really, really need to work on my productivity like I need to. I'm constantly trying to find new systems and new methods and new techniques that work for me. I'm constantly using timers. I'm constantly trying to like figure out ways to keep me uh, focused on just the task at hand instead of going to, I mean, we live in a, in a world where there's a million distractions all around us. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, it's tough for me. How about you? Do you find it? Do you think it comes easy to you? So I, I don't know, like a few years ago, I would have told you like, absolutely not. But I was at a conference and I was rooming with some other gals. And, you know, at the end of the night after the conference, we'd all go back to our room and like, you know, work. And I remember thinking, 
like, oh, I have 20 minutes. Let me power out some emails. And, and I did. And one of the girls in the room was like, how many emails did you just answer? And I was like, oh, 12. And she's like, you answered 12 emails in 20 minutes. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, that wasn't very many. And I thought, yeah, I said, yeah. And she's like, no, are you kidding? It takes me 20 minutes to answer one email. And that's the first time I had ever considered that like individual people have individual productivity styles or like, you know, what we can accomplish, I guess. And it didn't occur to me that maybe I was more productive than others. It's still, I mean, I still think that's a weird benchmark of like, it doesn't mean you're better at your job or anything. It just means like how you manage your time. But I do think that once I get it into my head that I have a finite amount of time for something then I'm able to adjust the work that I do to meet that time. So if I have like 12 hours to answer 20 emails, yeah, I'm probably going to take 12 hours. That's <laughs> <laughs> the George Costanza rule. Yeah. But so I, so for me, it is easier for me to say like, and I do this with my day is I say like, okay, from 12 to two, I'm going to answer emails and that's all I do. And I shut down everything else and then I just do it. And then I'm like, okay, well that was done. I'm good. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's definitely tougher for some people but like you said it's all it's it's kind of mindset it's a combination of mindset and systems so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today we're going to give you guys some tips that maybe sound like duh of course you should do that but maybe some people don't think to do these types of things um and we're going to talk uh, a little bit about towards the end of the episode we're going to talk a little bit about um, morning routines, evening routines, you know, scheduling your day, like all the stuff that you do outside of work and how that affects the time that you're working. Yeah. So what's your number one, like when Mindy needs to get stuff done, what's mm -hmm. the first thing that you do? Okay. The first thing I do and, you know, all of the event planners are going to roll their eyes at this, but I put my phone in another room because, <laughs> sorry. What's that I like? I know, I know. And I know that you guys get, you know, are attached to your phones and you guys get a lot more phone calls than I do as a blogger and social media coach. Um, but I put my phone in another room because if it is on my desk, I will pick it up every two minutes and go like, what's new on Instagram? What's new on my emails? What's new on Twitter? For some reason with my phone, I'm a m much more addicted to checking things and I have more FOMO, fear of missing out when my yeah. phone is around. But if I'm just at my desktop with a window open, I'm not tempted to open a tab and take a look at something. So interesting. I will put my phone in, an, in a different room, even if it's for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Sometimes if I need to crank out an article, it'll be for a couple hours. And I know that nothing is going to happen if, within a couple hours that I, I, I just don't need my phone for that time. I love that. Do you sleep with your phone in a different room? Absolutely not. This is actually something that, well, I say that like it's a, the worst thing ever, but I used to, and it was the worst thing ever. I was constantly looking at my phone. <laughs> so it was actually one of my resolutions last year, around a year ago, um, to put my phone in the charging base at night, like an hour before I go to bed. And I don't look at it until I've done a couple tasks, my part of my morning routine in the morning, because once I have my phone open, I am sucked in and like three hours have gone by. So no, I actually yeah. got in the habit of not keeping my phone by my bed. And it's been a great it's done wonders for me. Actually, not sleeping with the phone in um, the bedroom is something that I'm working on this year. 
Yeah, I highly recommend it. And it's just, it's one of those things that, you know, when we work from home and we're constantly attached to our devices, you have to force yourself to detach. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. The first thing I do when I need to just power through and get some work done is I turn off all the notifications like that come in through my desktop or laptop and my phone. Mm -hmm. So I'll put, I'll have the phone with me, but I'll just put it on airplane mode or I'll just, you know, anything that I know dings at me. I mean, I try in general to keep those things at a minimum anyway, but my shiny object syndrome is like, I really hate having um, that little number next to the app on your phone. Yep. Like it needs to be zero for me all the time. So I turned all of those off a couple of years ago. Yeah. So for me, that is the biggest trigger to be like, what's going on? What's happening? What should I be doing? And it's like, no, just do the thing you're supposed to be doing, especially when I'm writing. Yes. Um, I have a hard time not being distracted when I'm writing, writing anything, blog post, course, doesn't matter. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, Another thing that I do is I am a big to-do list fan. So I will write out, like I'll write out mega to-do lists for the month for the week, for the day. One thing that I do is when I'm wrapping up my work for the evening, I will write down the to-do list for the next morning so that I don't have to think about it in the morning. I just know exactly what I need to do. So Mm -hmm. these are things that, you know, I don't do them every day because sometimes life gets in the way. But for me, to-do list is a big one. Yeah, I have a a weekly to-do list. So basically what happens is on Sunday night, Um, I spend a little bit of time in my office because I work from home as well. um, And I print out just a Word doc. I have a template saved on my desktop and on my laptop that's just like a brain dump. It's what it's called, brain dump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A brain dump for the week. And it's literally categorized by um, every single couple, every single client wedding, any anything I'm doing, any event I'm doing, all of my personal commitments, the Moxie Bright back of house brand, the Renee Dallow brand, anything I'm creating for the course, any volunteer work that I do for WIPA or Rising Tide. And I have it um, sort of ranked, like weighted. So my clients, my client work comes first. Mm-hmm. And then after that is stuff back end for Moxie Bright back end for Renee Dallow, then course stuff at the end are the things that I'm volunteering to do. It still gets done. It's just a way for my brain to sort of say like, you know, you have to do the most important things first. Not everything can be essential. So and I print that out on Sunday and I and then I add to it as the week goes on. So I do a similar thing that you do at the end of the day. I'm like, what didn't I get done? Yes. Um, you know, by Friday that thing is like circled and highlighted and it's written all over, but it makes me feel better to just have it, you know, paper and pen. Sometimes I think it just things get in my brain better. It just stays a little bit longer, you know. I agree. And we talked about this in our episode about paper planners. And uh, we both agree, both of us are the type of people who like to write stuff down with pen and paper. We can't just type it in like a calendar. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Can we talk about the myth of multitasking? Oh my gosh. Yes. Because my husband thinks he's an expert multitasker and I never want to like burst his bubble and break his heart by being like, it doesn't actually exist on like the 30 minutes that you clean every room in the house just makes the entire house like a mess. But he thinks that it works. I I know from my brain and I know I've read all the articles, you know, multitasking, it's a, it's a fallacy. It doesn't work. Our brains aren't meant to work that way. Yeah. It's never worked for me. And I know that like when I worked in an office, there were a lot of people around me who, who said that they were great at multitasking. I'm the type of person where it takes me like five minutes to jump back into a task that I was working on if I get interrupted by something. So multitasking for me, Maybe it works for some people, but I feel like for most people, 
it just doesn't work. And when you try to multitask, you just end up, everything just ends up taking longer than it should. Yeah, I think the multitasking thing, I think it's so like so sexy, right? To think like, I'm a multitasker. I'm so productive. I can do I'm it getting all. all this stuff done. Yeah, I can do, I'm a superwoman. I can do everything. <laughs> but really it's like, I find the times that I'm attempting to multitask, it just means everything gets done in like a subpar way. Uh-huh. Yep. And I don't ever want to be known for subpar work. Like mediocrity is like my kryptonite. Like I hate it. So for me, I just always think like, I'd rather just focus on these five things today and do them excellently at an A plus level than do 30 things at a C level, you know? Oh, totally. I totally agree. Um, one thing that I'm a big fan of is batch scheduling. Yeah. So talk to me about that because I, I've attempted it, but it hasn't necessarily been successful for me. So how do you do it? Okay. So let's just take Instagram, for example. Uh, so if I have a bunch of photos that I want to put on Instagram, or if I'm looking at, you know, what I want to post for Instagram for the week, I will take an hour or so to do it all in one sitting and get all those photos ready, rather than spend a couple minutes or 10 or 15 minutes on it every single day. Interesting. So when I had researched batch scheduling, I had thought about it more as like taking my entire calendar and saying like Mondays are for blogging, Tuesdays are for Instagram, Wednesdays are for whatever. And I didn't, I was not successful at it because I, I'm not that structured, right? Like, mm -hmm. and so maybe on Mondays I didn't want to blog or I had nothing to blog about, or I just didn't feel motivated to blog. And then I would skip it and then feel like, well, I can't do it on Wednesday because Wednesday is for something else. And it did not work for me. But I like what you're saying, which is more like, it's very manageable. Like just do all your Instagram photos once. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you want to set it up on a weekly thing, like every Monday is the day that I do my Instagram for stuff for the week, you can do that. Or you can just do it when you have the time or when you have the photos. You know, for example, if you're a wedding vendor, and you get a bunch of pretty photos back from an event you did or a style shoot you did, you might want to take an hour out of your time right then to pick out your favorites that you want to share on Instagram in the coming days and get them prepped and ready to go, edited, ready to go. You can put them in your drafts. You can schedule them using Planoly or whatever you use. So uh, Mindy, do you ever use the Pomodoro technique? You know, I've heard of this, but I have never really applied it in my own life, except that sometimes I'll set a timer for like an hour and say like, okay, I'm writing for the next hour and brainstorming for the next hour. But the Pomodoro technique is a little bit different, right? Yeah. So it's a lot more structure. Basically what it, what it says is you're setting a, you're setting an alarm or you can even get like an app. They have apps, they have desktop apps you can get. And it's basically that you work on something for 25 minutes on only one task. Okay. So for me, um, I used to say like, I'll work for 25 minutes on emails, but that doesn't work. Right. Because it's not, that's not one task. It's better for me when I'm saying like for 25 minutes, I'm going to work on this floor plan right? Because you're, it's supposed to be something that you can deeply dive into. Yes. And then you get a five minute break. And that's your five minute break to like, go check Facebook, check your Instagram, mm. walk around the house, get a snack. And then you go right back into it 25 minutes, five minutes break. Now, for me, um, I have been successful with this method. But for me, it works on the days when I am like, not wanting to work, or I'm feeling really squirrely about sitting down. Like there are definitely days where I'm my personality is very much like, I want to be dancing out of the house. Like, yeah, no. sometimes you just have to sit at the desk and do the work because <laughs> we're grown up. 
And it's those days when I'm really struggling to get stuff done that the Pomodoro works for me. Um, I do know friends, uh, writers, like not not bloggers, uh, but like novelists, people who are working on like novels who use the Pomodoro technique to write their books. And that seems like insane because that's never and it's a never ending cycle, right? Of 25, 5, 25, 5, 25, 5. Yeah, I'm not sure I could handle the repetition. Like, I feel like I do much better if I and, you know, I'm always looking for ways to improve. So maybe I should try it someday. But I feel like I'm better if I can just set like for uh, 30 minutes or for an hour and just do the one task. And then I have a couple hours of like, you know, do whatever I need to do. But I shouldn't knock it till I try it. So I should, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely have to try it this year at some point. You might be surprised. 25 minutes, depending on what you're doing, tends to go by pretty quick. Um, especially if it's yeah. something for me like design work, or like I said, a floor plan when you're like, you know, using the computer software and it's like very nitpicky, like it can go by pretty fast. Like I said, I don't use it every day. I use it for the particularly squirrely days. Yeah, that I'm, it makes sense. Getting into the, to the podcast world that I'm not always super uh, <laughs> focused because I'm a Gemini. Um, <laughs> so Mindy, let's talk a little bit about eating the frog. For those of you listening ah. who don't know what eating the frog is, um, the eating the frog concept just refers to the fact that when you're staring down your to-do list, most people will use or most people will start by going with the smallest, most easily manageable thing to do first because it makes you feel productive to be crossing things off your list. Yes, I'm totally guilty of this this morning, actually. Oh, were you? I mean, I do this all the time too, but the eat the frog concept is that you will literally tackle the biggest task first and get it out of the way and get it out of the way. Yes. I have to say, I eat the frog only works for me if I'm feeling particularly courageous when I start my work day. I know this one's really hard for me too, but I, I know that there's huge benefit in it. Uh, this morning in particular, I, uh, needed to send a Eh, not really a, a difficult email, but something that I just didn't want to write. And mm -hmm. um, I literally did everything else. I was just like, oh, I need to check. Let me check my credit card bill. Do I owe anything? Let me let me take care of that first. Oh, let me I need to make a nails appointment. Let me I'll do that call first. And then I'll do the email later. Like I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And really, I should have done that first, because then I wouldn't be dwelling on it all day. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. I mean, if we could all embrace the eat the frog concept, generally speaking, I think the world as a whole might be a better place I think because so. like things would just get done a lot sooner and a lot cleaner. Yep. But sometimes it, it is it is pretty hard to to take that plunge because sometimes you really just have to go like, oh, I'm doing it, mm -hmm. doing it mm -hmm. without letting yourself talk yourself out of it. Yeah, but I I mean it's something that I've talked about a lot and it's something we've I'm sure we've brought it up on the podcast before. It's maybe like the best productivity tip that we could give you <laughs> is just getting that one big thing, that one hard thing out of the way so that you don't have to dwell on it all day. Yeah, one of my other favorite productivity tips that I use I want to say I use in extreme circumstances, but I use again when I'm feeling particularly uh, hard to focus. There is a there's a plugin for Google Chrome, and you know I love my Google Chrome. Oh yes, um, it's called Writer. Okay, and it basically changes your entire computer into a typewriter. Oh, so there's no fonts, there's no bold, there's no italics. It is just you and your words. It automatically saves your writing. Um, it even works offline. Um, and so 
it is so basic. I mean, it's literally like typing back in the eighties. You know what I mean? It's just like, looks like a computer. Um, like a DOS screen. Yeah. It looks like a DOS screen. So does it, does it disable the ability to open new tabs or open any other yeah. programs on your computer? Yeah. Once you're in it, you're in it. Interesting. It's such a really great, simple writing interface. If I'm really like, oh, I need to write this. Like I used it for my year in review post. Yeah. Which is always a doozy. Right. And I'm only writing a few sentences per photo and you can't put the photos in it. Right. But when you're writing like the chunks of text, it's really good and it's free. They do have a pro version that I don't have, but um, it's just, it's clean. It's fast. It's simple, you know, and, and it just, I really sometimes just don't want the distractions, even of the photos. Yeah. So on the days where you're writing blog posts or you need to maybe like think about redoing your about page or writing any type of copy, that sounds like a good plugin to help you focus on just that one task instead of like me where I'm constantly looking for like something better to entertain me when I have a task to do. <laughs> on that same note, um, just something that I thought of, I use a, a Chrome plugin uh, for my Facebook. It's called Newsfeed Eradicator. And I've been using this for a couple years. And what it does is when you open a Facebook tab, when you open up Facebook on your Chrome uh, browser, it completely takes away the news feed um, and it takes away like the little trending topics on the side. And you can still do things like normal. You can post an update. You can go to your groups. You can go to your pages. You can go to a friend's page. But you know that feed that shows up and you just get stuck on this endless scroll and you don't remember why you opened Facebook in the first place and all of a sudden four hours have gone by and you're like, what am I doing with my life? So the newsfeed eradicator kind of just takes that away. So I use Facebook a lot for work as a social media coach and a blogger. I have several Facebook pages that I do need to access for work legitimately. And I found that I was opening Facebook and just getting stuck in like the feed or like getting stuck in someone's conversation that popped up on the screen when I was just trying to go to my page or my group. So Newsfeed Eradicator has been a game changer for me. Can I tell you um, an embarrassing story about Newsfeed Eradicator? Sure. It's not even a story. It's just a thing that... So back <laughs> when you started using this, I remember you told me about it. And I was like, oh. oh, I need that because I get down the rabbit hole. Do you know that it made me so anxious I had to take it off? Oh, no, because you felt like you were missing out. Oh, yeah. I had no idea how until to this day still. I am so I feel like I'm plugged in when I'm on Facebook. And when it when the when everything went away, I had like literal anxiety about it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't use this. And like and it was to be fair, it was pre-election that this happened. So there was a lot going on. So there was a lot going on. And I felt like very un connected and I had a lot of anxiety sure. about the election and I was right to have that anxiety PS whatever <laughs> moving on um but maybe I should try it now although we are gearing up for another election anyway I maybe I'll try it again is what I'm saying well I will say that I still have Facebook on my phone so if I you know if I'm taking a break or you know first thing in the morning not first thing but in the morning I will check the Facebook on my phone and see what's happening in the world but when I'm sitting at my desk which is you know, like 95% of the time I'm sitting at my desk, I'm working. Yeah. I'm not try I'm not looking to goof off. So I just don't need it on my desktop. But I can still access my groups and still access my pages and I can still do work. And then if I feel like I need to 
check back in with the world. I can take a break, pick up my phone, which is, by the way, usually in another room. Um, <laughs> so I know I, so I'm, I'm on break time. Um, then I can check in. So that's what I do. Mindy, how do you handle your emails? Oh, uh, <laughs> now we're getting into it, people. Uh, you know, emails is, is the bane of my existence. I don't have a good email. Um, I, I don't have any good tips for you guys. <laughs> I know that people say you should check it. Like there's people who are like, I only check my email twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. And I was just like, how do you live? I don't know. About I can't people. do it. I'm addicted to my email. What do you do? Well, I'm with you. I have never, I have never even attempted the, I only check my email twice a day because I, that isn't my reality. You know, like my couples need to get a hold of me. Sometimes they have things that are time sensitive and I just like to know what's happening. Like I use email a lot like conversations. So I'm not about the only check it two times a day. I do know other entrepreneurs, other wedding planners who are successful at that. What they do is they put on an autoresponder that says, that literally says your email has been received. I will, I only check email from nine to 10 AM and, uh, you know, whatever, four to 5 PM. So if you're emailing me with outside of those timeframes, like expected answer within 24 hours during those timeframes. Now, I don't know how those people are actually answering the emails in that little amount of time, but God bless if they can do it. Um, what I tend to do is within my email accounts, I have a pretty rigorous like structure as to who gets responded to when and how I mark those and what folders they go into. And I feel like that's like an entire other 30 minute conversation we could have about it. But basically, if you're a full planning client, your emails get responded to a little bit before my management clients. And if your wedding is sooner, your email gets responded to sooner. And that's just like an overview. And then if it's anything like for the courses or, um, you know, wedding planners that I'm coaching, like everyone gets a 24 hour response time. And the way that I handle my emails is that I like to get it, read it, file it into whatever that needs to go to. Every client has their own file. If it's something that I can answer right away, like the touch it once um, method, then I answer it right away. If it's something that requires research or requires an answer from someone else, which frequently they do, if I'm sensing that the client you know, needs uh, assurance, I'll write back and say, hey, I'm on this. Just give me 24 hours. So I... I do answer emails throughout my entire business day, but I don't know that there's any other way around it for me. I feel like there's that pressure to always be on your email and always be there uh, so that someone doesn't get mad that you didn't respond to their email within two hours. Yeah. Now it's a little different for me. I don't really have a ton of emails that are coming in that are extremely time sensitive, Yeah. but I just get, I have so, I just get like, hundreds of emails a day between all my different jobs. And sometimes it's just like, all I can do is take five minutes to delete junk emails. And then like, that's it. That's, that's all the energy that I have for email. Yeah. I will say that I, uh, I have two really strong beliefs though, with email that I actually just considered. I was like, Oh, I actually do that every day. So the, fr I have like five email addresses. Like I'm sure everyone listening has mm -hmm. a number of email addresses <laughs> and they're what the things they're for are very specific. Right. But my personal email address is what gets the most junk mail. And so before my office hours start, before I do anything, uh, relating to the business, I literally go into every single email box and either bulk delete things that I know I'm not going to need or read the things that are interesting to me. Like I spend probably about an hour in my morning before I even start work, just getting the clutter out of my inbox. Because like I said, I can't have that little number next to the app. I can't have it. My brain doesn't work well. 
And so there are some times that, you know, the first thing I do in the day is, is attack my email boxes, plural. But then there are other days that I think like, I know that that has to get done. But even before that, I'm going to start with writing a blog post, or I'm going to start with, you know, writing this submission for publication or something so that I'm actually creating something before I'm just dealing with the clutter. Sure. And generally, it's emails are the first thing I do every day, too. Even before I do it from my phone, I like swipe, swipe and delete, swipe and delete, swipe and delete all this stuff that I that I know is going to be junk. But I yeah, I don't really have a good email system. I definitely should put some boundaries in place. Like right now, I am addicted to my email and I have the tab open all day long if I'm sitting at my desk. I know that's not good for me, but it's just a bad habit I have. So that might be something I try to break in 2019. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll start there. Start. Everyone's got to start somewhere. <laughs> Listen, that's what we're doing this year, man. One of the things I'm trying to do this year, um, as far as productivity goes, and just general, I think this also falls under like the category of like general wellness, is I really was thinking at the end of last year, I really have a really bad uh, nighttime schedule for myself. And my husband does as well. Like, oftentimes, I'm still working. Um, although I'm not actively responding to emails, I'm still working well into the evening. It's like 1030. I'm still on my laptop. We're sitting on the couch. We've got the office reruns on. He's asleep and I'm emailing or working or scheduling emails to go out in the morning because you know I love my boomerang. And then he will fall asleep on the couch. I will I will start trying to fall asleep and then we'll just be like, oh, okay, we'll go to bed. And then we, you know, take the dogs and we go into bed. And then I'm like, I didn't wash my face, uh, you know, like, like literally like bare minimum of like, I'm a human being didn't get done because I literally worked until I fell asleep. So we started changing that this year. So now I have a way more structured nighttime routine where no matter what, at 1030, the laptop is away. I take a shower, do all my beauty lotions and potions, as I say, and then you know, like literally just have downtime, like actually read a book. Like I've been reading books. I know they're business books, but whatever. (laughs) I'm reading a book that's not from a screen. And I do my little journal. I'm starting a journal this year, or I have started a journal this year. So I'm writing down um, things I did that day, or, you know, did I meet my goals or how did I feel today? And then in the morning, now I'm working on this phase because I'm not a morning person at all. Yeah, same. You know, because I've read The Miracle Morning and you know, I'm not gonna get up at 4 30 in the morning. Like I'm not. No one wants me to get up at 4 30. It's the worst. <laughs> I would I, yeah. Getting up at 8 30 is annoying to me. Like I, it's not my life. So but I am trying to wean myself into an earlier wake up and then really set a morning routine. It's funny, I was listening to a podcast over the holiday break with uh with our friend Molly Mayhar. And she was talking to someone about their morning routine. And I expected it to be the similar thing that, you know, that you hear about with most female entrepreneurs are like, I get up before my kids and I work out and then I read the Bible and I already tune out. Like I tune out. (laughs) And this woman was like, I don't really like getting up early. You know, I get up, I do some stretches. I drink like three glasses of water because I'm probably dehydrated. And she literally was like me. She was just talking about me. Yeah. And then she was like, and then I, you know, go make sure I go outside. I walk the dogs. I come back in, I don't pick up my phone for the first 30 minutes, and then I start my day. And I was like, that I can do. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that people have an idea of a morning routine that's like three hours long, and it totally doesn't have to be like that. My morning routine is pretty simple also. Um, I get up, 
I do a morning meditation, just 10 minutes. Um, and I do that before it's on my phone, but I don't look at anything else on my phone before I do that meditation, because if I do, the meditation won't get done. So <laughs> I do that first thing in the morning. And then I have some, this is very sexy, but I have some physical therapy stretches that I have to do to mm -hmm. um, keep my knees and my hip working. Um, so I do, that's about 20 minutes of stretches. And um, then every other day or so I'll do a workout. So I'll go for a run. I'll go for a long walk. I'll do weights in my living room. Um, and I try to do all that before looking at any social media, anything, any email. Um, my laptop is shut down still. Um, so yeah, I, mine's, I feel like mine's pretty simple. I know that I've heard like Pat Flynn is a big fan of the Miracle Morning book and his routine is like, like you said, he gets up at like 4am, he works out, <laughs> he journals, he meditates for like 30 minutes. Yeah. He, you know, like he drinks green juice or like, it's like a whole yeah, no, like, list so, of things. And yeah. I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking him. I love him. Um, but I'm just like, I could never like, what? No, I could never do that. I get I roll out of bed at like nine on a good day. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that you agree and that some of these morning routines seem pretty unattainable at least to me and that's why I never tried I was always like that's eh, fine but then like even this morning I you know I got up I had my water I had some fruit took the dogs for a walk like I was like oh this feels better than just me like rolling out of bed eating breakfast mm -hmm. and going to the computer like that's not a life <laughs> yep no I agree and I think that any type of morning routine like that where you're paying attention to your health you're putting your health and wellness above work for 30 minutes I mean, that can't be a bad thing. Um, and, no. you know, the mor the mornings where I don't do my routine, the mornings where I'm lazy and I get up and I grab my phone out of the charger and I go back to bed because sometimes we all have those mornings. I'm I'm in bed for another 90 minutes scrolling through my phone and calling it, quote unquote, work because I'm looking <laughs> at social media and I'm posting things on social media and I'm answering some emails. And then I just my whole day is thrown off. So. I feel like we're admitting a lot of things on this episode. <laughs> this is a very, <laughs> this is a very therapeutic episode. Like, why did you tell people I fell asleep on the couch? I'll be like, because it's true. <laughs> I do yeah. it too, though. No, I do, I do it. Yeah, we it, we all fall into these patterns. But I mean, if you if you even have an idea of what you want your daily routine to be, that is step one. And that is a lot more than a lot of people have. So yes, I have my morning routine. I don't sleep with the phone by my bed. I uh, I don't have as much of a nighttime routine as you do, but I do try to put my phone away at least an hour before I want to be in bed. The um, other thing that I do that we already mentioned is make that to-do list. So like you said, you start journaling. I kind of like just write down my thoughts that might be like, what do I need to do tomorrow? What did I get done today? It's, so it's, I don't know if it's, is that journaling? It probably is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I used to think journaling was like talking about my feelings for the day. And then I realized it's actually just a way for me to check in with like, am I reaching my goals for the day? And not like necessarily business goals, but these other goals, you know, did I wake up early? Did I have a piece of fruit? Did I drink my water? Did I walk the dogs today? Like, it's just a way to look back and be and hold myself accountable in a way. Yeah. And I, I don't really, I don't really talk a lot about my feelings in my journal. It's not like how it was when I was in high school, you know? Sure. It's not like a diary. No, no, but <laughs> it's just it's whatever you want to write about. 
Yeah. And it's helpful to me too, as we go into this new, this new year where it's like, I do have, you know, things I want to change and, and things I want to hold myself accountable for. And I find like, for me, the easiest way to do that is to take 10 minutes at the end of the day and just jot down some stuff. Um, and so far it's been, it's been good. I mean, it's still new. So talk to me again about it in March and we'll, we'll see how we're doing. Yeah. But I think all these things, like every little bit counts, every little bit helps, you know? Yeah. And you start, you start with one and then you, you know, you master one and then you work, go to the next thing. You don't have to do all this at once, obviously. Yeah. So let's recap some of our productivity tips. First, we've got cut down on distractions. Put your phone away if you can. Um, you can also do things like um, if you need, if you're working at home, uh, sometimes even if I'm home alone, I will close my door because I just feel like mm. I'm just more cocooned in my office. Yeah. My door is always closed. Yeah. Turn off notifications. If you need to like put on music or white noise or something that helps you focus. Um, you can do that. There's a great app for that. It's called um, Coffee Shop. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. And it sounds like noises in a coffee shop. So it sounds like you're not alone. And it actually makes you more productive. We'll link to it in the show notes. Interesting. Um, so for me, I like to write to-do lists. And it's good to create systems within the tasks that you use or the tools that you use. So for us, we have email systems. You could have a system like HoneyBook. We'll talk about all the organizational programs in a future episode. Other tip is that multitasking, not a real thing. Stop yeah. trying to do it. Don't do it. We are releasing you from that. Yeah. Instead of multitasking, try block scheduling. Or if block scheduling is not your jam, try the Pomodoro technique. 25 minutes on, five minutes off. And um, in order to be more productive, do the biggest task first, eat the frog first thing in the morning. And you can also, uh, if you need help focusing, install some plugins such as Writer or Newsfeed Eradicator for Google Chrome. And then as far as tackling those emails, you can consider taking time or setting time in your daily schedule just to answer your emails. So whatever that means for you, an hour, two hours, maybe you do it twice a day, maybe you do it three times a day. If that works for you and your workflow and your brain, do it. Just close the email tab every other time and only get into those emails when you've said you're going to be able to answer them. And then finally, uh, thinking about not just the hours you're at work, but all of the hours that you're awake, um, try setting some daily routines, a morning routine, an evening routine, you know, whatever helps you feel better during the day and sleep better at night. Absolutely. So we want to hear from you, as always, about what you're doing to up your productivity this year and for the future. So of course, please join us in our Facebook group, the uh, Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. We'd love to hear what you guys have going on for productivity. Yes, please teach us. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. Come teach, help me. Teach us your ways. Um, and also we'll link to a really great book about productivity called The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. It's sort of a gold standard in productivity reading, which is a great book. Oh, yes. I love that book. I read it a few years ago. It didn't all stick with me, so I should probably read it again. It's probably about time for another uh, reread. I think that's a book you can return to uh, often. Oh, I feel like you can just 100%. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. 
And so we will link to that in the show notes along with all of the other items that we mentioned. And uh, we just want to say thank you. You know, this is our second episode of 2019. Um, We're really grateful that you are joining us. Uh, We're really excited for all the things that this year has, has in store for us. And we're just very, very grateful that you are listening, telling your friends, leaving us reviews. Um, We're just very, very grateful. So thank you. Thank you so much, Rockstars. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com and reneedallow.com. You can find Mindy online at joysocial.net. Jump into the show notes at rockyourweddingbiz.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.